Okay. We're in the new edition on page Shinnun Beis. Islamid Aleph. Islamid Aleph in the in the old edition, the old papers, whatever you have there to look on. Islamid Aleph. Page twenty six. I would have to say that this this is probably the hardest the hardest piece in the entire sefer. <clears throat> these last few these last few ICs, these last few seifim in the tabaziris, as you've all been seeing, is not really they're not really terse to explain something. These are emo- almost emotional outbursts and. And having the rare schus to have a glimpse into the heart of a tzaddik, it's been pretty difficult um, trying to not to just translate, but trying to get a, a feeling for what the Rebbe is, what the Rebbe was feeling. Uh, Lamed was fairly was was fairly understandable. Lamed Aleph is, is I find almost almost difficult, almost impossible to explain. Uh, it's just very very hard. So I'll do my best to try to somehow convey what's in in, in the Ksav, what's what's in what's inside the Sefer, but it's very difficult to it's very difficult to put the words together. I think that I believe that the Rebbe also was having uh, difficulty putting it onto the onto paper, and that's what it seems to me. It seems that it was just that that there was such a um, there was such a strength of emotion here that that the words were not finding uh, were not able to be the kalim to contain the vessels to contain the light that was that was emanating from the tzaddik's heart. So but we'll try, but it's it's very hard. <coughs> it's all based on the pasuk in Tehillim Kuf Memvav. Hashem bechayoi, azamro lelokai beoidi. Right, I will, I will praise Hashem. I will praise Hashem with my life. In my life, with my life, we'll see in a few minutes. And azamro lelokai beoidi, and I will sing to Hashem with all of my being. I will sing to Hashem with all of my being. Now, this entire this entire piece is a tefillah. Is a tefillah, and as we have seen in the Rebbe's tefillahs, he will switch without any warning from talking, from addressing Hashem, to addressing the Malach and the angels, to addressing his own neshama. He moves from he moves from one to the other, and it's very difficult to keep up with with this. Who he's speaking to? It's it's all a tefillah. Sometimes to Hashem, sometimes talking to the Malachim, to his own neshama. So he begins clearly, Hashem Elokai. Again, this is here not unlike the rest of what we've been learning. This is really in, in, entirely, a, this is completely a tefillah. But when we learn the Rebbe's tefillahs, we have an opportunity to understand how a tzaddik thinks. And also, the unique quality of of the chesidus that the Piyazetzna, that the Eish Kaidish stood for.
Hashem Elokai. Moid ech saif I have a tremendous desire to experience your holiness, to sanctify your name. And I crave and long to praise to praise your glorious name. And even more than this desire that I have to daven to you and to praise you, I offer to you, I offer to you my very self. I, I want to be able to give up my very life for you. Which in the end he did. He was killed, he was killed on Kiddush Hashem. So he says, I, I want very much, I offer to my, my very soul and being. To be able to praise your holy name always. Is this, is it that this will that I have, this desire that I have to sanctify and to praise you, Hashem, meaning, is this desire that I have to sanctify and praise you, Hashem, is it at least equal to my desire to stay alive? Can you imagine? Is it at least equal to my desire to stay alive? In other words, I say that I want, I want to serve you, I want to praise you. It should be at least, at least equal to my desire to, to live. This is how he's explaining, Ahal Hashem Bechayai. I praise Hashem with my life. That one has to measure oneself. And to know, is he really <coughs> prepared to offer himself up to Hashem? So the Rebbe says, And this longing that I have to praise you, can it be compared to the chuka, to the longing of the angels in their song to sing? That the angels, the angels, the malachim dissolve in the joy, in the in the longing, their yearning, and their bliss. And they melt, and they melt in fear, because of their fear. So, can I compare to the malachim? Is this is this the same? Is my longing also in such a way? It's true that I, I want. It's true that I yearn for this. But I also recognize and acknowledge the smallness of my of my desire compared to compared to how I should really, really want to serve Hashem who is infinite and compared to the angels. So the Rebbe says, I recognize and I acknowledge the smallness of my chukas, of my desire. And I am broken. My spirit is broken by the smallness of my chukas, of my desire to serve you. Compared. Isn't it true, the Rebbe says, that with all of my yearning, to serve you, Hashem. 
Any as as chayvi. I fall so short of what I owe you, Hashem. With all of the desire that I have to praise you and to sing to you, I fall so short of what I really of what I really owe you. How dare I present this little tiny grain of sand, meaning all my desires and all my longings to be a better Jew. How dare I present this to you? It's only a, a silly little grain of sand. To the great God, to Hashem, ain't safe who's infinite, ain't tachless without end. Tamir Vanellam, who's hidden and concealed, mysterious. Avbigdushas Ha'araisav Yizbarach. That has to do with something which is Apikabola. Meaning that even the Hashem's emanations, not only are you Hashem yourself, Kivyachal, completely hidden and mysterious, but even the way that you reveal yourself in this world is so, so, so mysterious. Even the way that you reveal your presence through the spheres Akadoshis, that too is so hidden from us, it's so difficult for us to understand. So all my yearning and all my longings, we can imagine this is, by the Rabbi, this is, <clears throat> the Kisufim, the Chukas, the Chukas were unbelievable, the longing. And yet, he's afraid that, that he's falling so short of, of what the infinite God deserves. And this is no more than a small grain of sin. It's an offering that he gives to Hashem. Now we've seen this theme throughout the Rebbe's Tfilas. This is a constant in the Rebbe's Tfilas. Where he begins, he begins expressing the impossibility to express. He begins trying to express how futile and how absurd, absolutely absurd and ridiculous it is for him to be offering himself up to Hashem and, and all of his avoda. How, how could it mean anything? What could it possibly be? That's how all of his tefillas begin. He feels, he feels completely, completely lost. And then, and then he begins to, to strengthen himself, as he does right now. He's, he, and we see this happening as, as the tefillah progresses for the Rebbe to gather strength. By the time the last tefillah ended in Islamid, he was screaming at the angels. He was, he was blasting the angels. How dare you? He was already yelling at the neshamas of the Ovis, right? And what's going on with you guys, Kivyachal, so to speak? And even with the Kivyochel himself, he wasn't embarrassed about a Yiddish in the Shom, about a Jewish soul, nor about himself. But look how he approaches Hashem. Look how he comes to it. The, the humility and the broken heart with which he approaches Hashem until he's able to, to gather up the strength. Despite this, my my humiliated and unworthy soul takes strength. And the Hebrew's not bad. He never, they never had a writ over there in, uh, in, in those places. It's pretty good, huh? He writes better than the yeshiva boys nowadays, I think, with all of the, uh, with all of the courses and classes. Despite this, my humiliated and unworthy soul has taken strength. The ruchi, now every word here is al also. The way he switches from nefesh to ruach, 
Neshama, Chaya, Yechida, he's using the terminology of Kabbalah that discusses the deepest level of the soul, that we know that we're familiar with Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. The difference between those three is not, we're not going to discuss the differences, but we're familiar at least with the terms Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama, even though in the Svarim they're often used interchangeably. But the Rebbe also goes to that part that's called Chaya and Yechida, the deepest, the soul of the soul is Chaya Yechida. She says, <clears throat> despite this, my unworthy and humiliated soul takes strength for Ruchi Hanidka, and my, and my broken spirit, my oppressed spirit is amazed, strengthens itself, viyachad, and together my, my nefesh and my ruach, his nadvul, his maser, kulam lhalalcha, have volunteered, have come to give themselves over completely to praise you. More and more, yoisem his eris chukaisai. In other words, I'm limited here, the Rebbe says, in this world what I could do. I'm limited in the world, in in this world, in the physical world, I'm limited. But therefore my chukis, my, my longings are no more than a grain of sand. However, my ruach, my neshama, my pnimius, the essence of a Jew, which is godliness, which is elokus, gives itself over more, yoisim his iris chukaisai, even beyond the extent of my own yearning. In other words, I don't feel this, and I don't know what it is, but I believe with all of my heart that the, that the, that the essence of who I am is capable of praising you, Hashem, and connecting to you beyond the extent of how much I feel that I want. Even though that feeling certainly would, would, would blow up the entire United States much more than any bomb. But in the Rebbe's mind, in the Rebbe's mind, in the Rebbe's mind, it certainly fell short. So he says, That's what it means. Look how he translates. Look how he explains. When David said, I will sing to you, Hashem, praise you with my life, and sing to you with all my being. This is a very beautiful and original interpretation of, of that Pasuk. The Rebbe says, That means, I, I believe that even though my longings, as I understand them, fall short, nevertheless, at this moment, my life, my inner life, and 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 my being, which is inside of me, my inner being of who I am, is singing to you and praising you. V'chol oid garger mitzias As long as there is a trace, literally a crumb or a, a granule of existence that is left in me. The chut mi many and just a thread of my being survives. Im migufi minav shiviruchi for my body, my nefesh, my ruach, af minishmosi, chayosi v'yichidosi, or those deeper levels of the soul of soul. He says, my yimotzei. If something is found, I will try. He says. To glorify your name. Eshav. 
That's my longing. And I will immerse myself and invest myself entirely into, into blessing you, Hashem. And I'm sorry, I'm just trying to translate. I really, it's, it's a, something, you just have to, I guess, you, you have to be there. But I don't, I don't, you know, look, we can't be back then, but we have to be there on some, to try this to, to look at this with awe and to, and to, and to get an idea of what a human being is, what a human being is capable of. As Kol Atzmi, he says, my entire being, Im Shershi, with the root of, to the root of my soul, Bishiroscha ani machlit lishavet, I dedicate completely to you. So I'm dedicating to you, Hashem, those parts of me that I don't, I don't even understand them, but I'm dedicating everything that I have. Ahala Hashem bechayai, with the essence of my life, with the very last drop of my being, I'm singing to you. I'm singing to you. I'm offering myself to you. Kimihu ha'ish. Who is the person, he says? Kimihu ha'ish. Ashe yeshate lefores kvoidcha. Ulekadesh es kidushoscha rak b'moifiv. Listen to what he says here. What I think he's saying. Says that he says, who is the one who's deceiving himself? Who's the fool who would only seek to praise you and glorify you and sanctify your name just with his mouth, just with his mouth? Vaf im bahen as of Even if he did it, his whole life. You know, this person is his whole life davening and learning and singing. His whole life, even if it was his whole life. Isn't something terribly missing? If all, of, if he's satisfied just with serving Hashem, with his, with with the life of his, with his physical life, meaning just with his mouth, with singing, with davening, with with saying the words, isn't he? Isn't he? How could he be satisfied with that? But but if he doesn't. If he doesn't dedicate and give over his 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 being, in other words, that part of him that he can't express. <coughs> he doesn't connect to those higher levels of, again, of the, the soul, the soul of one soul, chayin yechida. So then, then what has he accomplished in this world? Ahala Hashem Bechayai, the Rebbe says. Again, the Pasuk. Hashem, I praise you Bechayai, not just with my mouth, not just by saying, not with my, just my physical being, <coughs> but with the very essence of who I am. And and I sing to you with all that's in me, Bechal Mitziusi, with my very existence. Well, it doesn't mean that the Rebbe wants to die, even though we, we know that we saw this by Rabbi Akiva said, "My whole life, I'm waiting for this." And the Beis Yosef was disappointed that he wasn't, he didn't have the opportunity to dwell Kiddush Hashem. The Rebbe, what the Rebbe is saying is that I can't find the words. I don't know what to say, and I know that in my conscious awareness, I feel so incompetent. I feel so tiny and small. But I believe that that my longing, my longing to serve you, is a willingness. That, 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 that penetrates the very essence of who I am, even though I don't necessarily, I'm not conscious of what that is. And I want to give that all to you. With every, every, when he said that, the, the thread of my being, the very essence of my being, I want to give to you.
Does it mean to does it mean to dial Kiddush Hashem? Is it is it some sort of a mysterious uh, tefillah to be worthy of dying al Kiddush Hashem? I, I'm not saying that that's what the Rebbe intended, but it's it's it, the whole thing here is eerie, that this is ultimately what's going to be, that he will he will offer his entire his entire essence up to Hashem, Kiddush Hashem. But but I believe that he wants to do this while alive. Lomazeh, he says, Sid, Lomazeh, Sid, yeah? No. No, he's not. I don't believe he's giving. He's, he's not giving a recipe. He's just. He's just. This is what he's. This is. He's davening. I don't believe this is. In, this is necessarily instructional. Although, if if the Rebbe put it on paper, again, I don't know what the intention was. But if he put it on paper, perhaps, perhaps he believed that by other Jews seeing this, they will. They will. Um, Begin to realize that they will begin to realize that serving Hashem requires more than just saying the words and even thinking the thoughts. It means self-sacrifice. And I don't know if the Rebbe is able to articulate, as I said at the beginning, the the feeling of this of this willingness to sacrifice himself. But it's instructional to see it. And to know that such a thing, that each and every one of us is capable of feeling this. So he says, Lomaz as Sid men nishmasi. How do you, how do you deceive me? He's, to, he's talking to his, he's talking to his nishama, to himself now. How do you deceive me by telling me, Kravas Elokai, that I'm really close to Hashem? You're deceiving me. Now again, he seems to be once again retreating and, and having problems with his confidence. So he says, how do you deceive me by telling me that I am close to Hashem? He's saying, if I really were close to Hashem, wouldn't it be true that my very body would 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 become inflamed? Would be set on fire? If I really, really... If I really was close to Hashem, wouldn't my entire physical being be changed? So the Rebbe says, can it be that that even my soul and my soul of soul have been harmed, are being held back by my physical body? In other words, with the Rebbe, I think what the Rebbe is saying here is that so I, I believe with all of my heart that I believe with all of my heart that to the very depths of who I am, I'm, I, I'm offering myself to you, Hashem. But then he's wondering, but if that were true, if that were true, then how come, how come I'm still able to, to eat and to drink? How come I'm still able to, how is it possible that this hasn't affected my physical life if it's something which is so real and so true? So then he's worried that, does it mean that God forbid that somehow my even my soul has been affected, has been harmed by my physical body that's holding back my soul, that my soul has somehow been been hurt on some level by my body. Kimadua, why is it, he says? Kimadua gush afar sinai. So the Rebbe brings a raya. The Rebbe brings a proof. And he says that 
He says, look, after all, Har Sinai was a physical place. It was a clump of dirt. But it went on fire. But it was set on fire by Hashem's presence. Beis HaShemayim Bar. It was burning with a heavenly fire. Ubashan Hashem Oznis Abek. And the smoke of Hashem was was rising from it. Vehein Kedushas Yisrael V'Raimim Musmin V'Raimim Musam Alochim Loma Zez Gufi Merkavton L'Neshom Alesei HaFeichna. And if my neshama, if I sincerely, sincerely seek to offer my, my, my being to Hashem, then why isn't my body beginning to burn with that, with that passion, with that fire? Why don't I feel that? He doesn't mean like, why doesn't, it, why doesn't he ignite? Even though there were tzaddikim who were able to, who did that. There are tzaddikim who did that. We were just talking about, in the chassidus class, we were talking about, um, the Rebbe Rabbuna from Shizcha. Right, by his, by before the Chasna, what happened? The whole Maisa that we spoke about Monday night. There is such a thing, and we see by Reb Shimon, by Yechai, and by other tzaddikim, there was such a thing. <clears throat> Nevertheless, that's not what he's talking about. If I really, really wanted, if it's really true that, that my desire is really, really true, so then my physical life should be entirely transformed. I once mentioned to you, a couple of years ago, that one of the great contemporary Bali Musa, Probably the greatest Balmusa right now in in the world. He should be healthy and well is Rab Shlomo Volbi. <coughs> the author of Magnificent Sefer, Swarm Aleishor. So Ravolbi once said that that um, he was he was in the Golan Heights and and he went to the top of a mountain in the Golan Heights and he said never ever in his life was he so overwhelmed with the feeling of Hashem's presence. And this mountain, looking down on Hashem's world and Eretz Yisrael, he said that he experienced the most the most extraordinary tzvekas to Hashem that he ever experienced. And he said then that he was there for a while, and he was davening, whatever, singing. And then he said he went down, and and there was a kiosk at the bottom, right, where you get drinks and stuff. And he said that, I was pushing just like everybody else to get to the front of the line for my for my uh, soda. Just like everybody else, I was pushing. And he said, he says, what is it about a human being that ten minutes before, ten minutes before, I'm pushing to get into to the Heichel of Mashiach, to get into Mashiach's chamber. I'm pushing to get, to go beyond the angels, to go beyond the Moloch. I'm pushing to offer my very essence to Hashem. And, and then and ten minutes later, I'm, I'm like I'm pushing to get a donut and a, you know, and a, and a drink. So the terrorist says, says, "Rabbi, it's okay. You know, it was, it was a hot day, probably, and you were climbing, and you weren't a youngster. So you're entitled to have a soda. There's nothing wrong with having a soda, but but the the dichotomy was something that hurt him, because that's how they also felt at that moment that this world should no longer mean anything to him, that his physical his physical presence should be obliterated in the light of that experience. That's hard for us to imagine such a thing. But the tzaddikim feel this. And, and, and therefore, the descent back into physical life, the descent back into physical life was painful. Because it, it was a reminder that, that you're only, you only get these like momentary flights. And even those momentary flights... The Rebbe is questioning and constantly filled with doubt. Is, is it real? Is it real? Maybe it's not real. If it were real, if it were real, then then I wouldn't be anymore. I wouldn't be anymore like earthbound. 
and it would change just like Har Sinai was, was, at least for that time, was set on fire. Something would change inside of my physical life. It would, it would, it would, it would affect me in such a way. You know, the Rebbe Ramelech used to say that, um, he used to say that the, the Balshamtiv, as you know, I'm sure you heard that the Balshamtiv had a very unusual, uh, had very unusual, uh, agola, wagon, horse. He had a certain Russian driver who was Zeicher. Why was he Zeicher? Nobody knows. His name is Alexei. And this, and this, uh, this peasant was, the Balshamtev would tell him when they were going, the Balshamtev would tell him to close, went to close his eyes. And Kiddu, the Balshamtev had Kvisis Aderech. The Balshamtev was 10 minutes, was in, was in Russia, and 10 minutes later he was someplace in Germany, and then he was in Poland. And he would tell, and he would tell the driver to close his eyes, and, and they would have Kvisis Aderech. They, whatever. However they would go, they would go. And and um, so so the Rebbe Elimelech was once talking about that the Balshamtiv you know had two horses and and what it must have been like to be the Balshamtiv's horses. Huh? Forget about the driver. <laughs> so so he said that one time. So the Rebbe Elimelech I believe said that one time the. The Balshamtiv, you know, when they were going, they were, they were flying someplace, one of those kvises hadarachs, one of those leaps to to another world. So, so one horse looks to the other and says, "No, what do you think? This is unbelievable, no?" And said, "We're not, we're not horses." And they start to say, "We're we're from the Merkav, from the holy chariot of the vision of Yechezkel." We're, we're not even. We're above. We're we're angels. We're above. We're we're from the th- the throne of God's glory. And they were getting like. And these two horses, Rabbi Elmer says, the two horses were going like going nuts, like that the Madragas and that who knows what, who knows what. We're we're higher than this. We're next to God. We're, and then and then the Balshamte they landed, and and then they ran over to the trough, you know, to get a drink, and you know and they go in the filth, and then and they both they both had their heads in the water. And one looks at the other and says, "I guess we're just horses. Eh? I guess that's. I guess we're horses." That's what <laughs> said about about somebody. You know, Chamadragas. You understand? You could put on a back sheet and go a beard and payas, and you could chuckle like oil oh, and everything. And then you know, but when it comes to supper or other things, you could just look at the person next to you and say, "I guess we're just still horses, right? I guess we're just human beings. This is us." So, <clears throat> no. So the Rebbe is pained by this. That's the difference, you see. Emes, we're still human beings, but but, and we're and we're limited because of our physical bodies. Yeah, there's a limitation. What can we do? Sure, there's a limitation. What are we? We're, we're, we're earthbound. Even Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't reach that point, that place, while he was encumbered by the physical. We're not limited to what we can reach. Moshe Rabbeinu does for the chasrei ma'at me'elukim, so he couldn't reach the fiftieth shar. <coughs> he couldn't reach the fiftieth shar, and for, for Moshe Rabbeinu, you don't think that was painful? Um, can't, we can't even we can't even understand what that was. So, like you know, when when you read this, you say, you say okay, take it easy. Forty nine's pretty good. <laughs> like what are you getting? You know, it's it's great. You did you know you did you did great. But uh, that's not that's not how the tzaddikim see it. They just don't look at things that way. Yeah. Yes. This is our purpose not to escape the heaven, but to bring heaven down. Correct. And 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 that's and that's true. And therefore and therefore throughout and ultimately the Rebbe of course returns to that. There's no question. And he, and as I said, this is not 
there's not some sort of a, this isn't God forbid a desire to leave the body and to leave this world but it, it, it is a desire to experience the ultimate that a person can experience in this world and to reveal Hashem's presence as much as it can be revealed in this world but what the Rebbe is sharing with us we don't usually we don't see this in any other safe are his self-doubts and his worries and his drive and longing motivation but in the end of course it it's only it's only to, to praise Hashem and to bring Hashem into this world. There's no question about it. So he says, Ema, the third line in the new edition, Ema tifachadeni. He says, I, I'm, fil- I, I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. He says, now I have another question that's, that's bothering me. How come there are times that I have to work so hard to cause myself to feel this 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 passion for you, Hashem. Can you imagine? How come I have to work at this still so hard? I am consumed by terror. Rebunish Loilam, so he talks now directly to Hashem. Rebunishlam is Ani. I'm afraid. Hashem I'm afraid. I don't know what is the, what is the state of my of my soul and the root of my being. I don't even know. Maybe something is wrong. Why is it that if my nisham is really singing that in my essence, I'm 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 giving myself over to you completely? I believe that he said. How is it possible that my bones don't become crushed? It doesn't have any impact over my physical life. And my again, my physical life is not set on fire. Therefore, I ask you, Master of the World, make it near Dharmam, the one who is able to wake up those who are sleeping. Arouse, wake up the soul of my soul, my essence. Uri Yechidasi, against all Kabbali here. Awaken the soul of my soul in its root in Shemaim to the exalt to, to Hashem who so exalted his Uri Nishmosi awaken my soul. Kadshu Kadshu Now he's speaking to the to his Nishama again. And sanctify Hashem Hanigla In other words he's screaming to his Nishama and says, Listen, I don't see Hashem the way you do, but you 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 understand, he says to his Nishama. You understand and you see. Therefore I'm begging you to serve Hashem and sanctify Hashem on that level that you're aware of. Right? That's what he says. He's revealed to you. Before you, the Neshama, and the Nefesh, before the Nefesh, will Neshama, Hashem is revealed. At the same time that Hashem is so revealed, He's also, He's also so concealed, He's so hidden. That even the Malachim ask, as it says in the note, as the Rebbe said in the note, even the Malachim, even the angels don't understand. Yet, of course, Hashem is much more revealed and known to them. But even the Malachim themselves, even the Malachim themselves, are, are wondering, where is Hashem? Where is the place of His glory? As he explains in the note, the more one, the greater one, the more one perceives, the more the, the more one realizes how much is missing? That's what the angels are always asking. I am a Where is Hashem's place of glory? We're not asking that. I mean, 
big people of it, regular people are not walking around the whole day saying, I am a They're saying, you know, where is their parking spot? Where is their bakery? But they're not asking, where is I am a the Malachim, the Malachim who, who are on such a level, they're constantly asking this. See, even the Malachim don't know. But still, they know much more. Physical, God forbid, it's not. No, no, it doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean it has nothing to do with anything physical. No, no, no. It's a marshal. It's not a. It's not. When when you say Baruch Hashem, what do you think when you daven? You think it's a place? It doesn't mean. So the whole davening has that. Hashem himself is called Baruch Hamakam Baruch Hu. Why isn't that the Zara? I mean, the whole davening, the whole everything we say is Baruch Hamakam Baruch Hu. No, that's not. That's not. It's 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 only a, it's only a muscle of something that 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 that's not, <coughs> it's not something that, that relates to anything physical at all. And throughout our davening, uh, that's uh, no. Why is Hashem called Malcolm Yosef? <coughs> so okay, so that's uh, Hashem is called Malcolm. So so um, that's something that that uh, again, I'm not going to go. I don't want to get sidetracked. It's a, that's a separate discussion. The Nefeshachaim, the Tanya, and all this where I'm talking about it. It's the meaning of Baruch HaMokam Baruch Hu. It doesn't, has nothing to do with, 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 God forbid, the corporeality of Hashem, that there's something physical. Baruch HaMokam, it's just the opposite. <coughs> but that's not for now. So? So, that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't make a difference, even in, in that world of Atzilus. Atzilus only means Eitzel, it means near, it doesn't mean there. They're not Khalila. Even the Malachim are not. Even the Malachim are not. And the Shomas are higher than the Malachim. <coughs> so he says, Afruchi v'nafshi ga'ashu v'ra'ashu. He says, My ruach and my nefesh are ga'ashu v'ra'ashu, a thing, making noise, a, a, a rash. Hismasu kulchem, he calls out to his ruach, his nefesh. Hismasu kulchem lakadish aisab gdushosa tomid bili hefsik. Give yourselves over completely to serve Hashem without, without cease, without stopping. Adla netzach, as a netzach takdisha. Adla netzach, forever and ever. Serve the one who is infinite, who is eternal. Gam gufi kol oid gagir cholmimenu yishoyer lo yechesha. And then he says, even my body. As long as there's a trace of life left in my body, my body also won't be silent. And even with my physical mouth and my body, I'm not going to stop serving Hashem. Please Hashem. You know, like when you, when you learn this, you look at this, by this point I'm feeling, okay, Rebbe, why don't, you, why don't you take a nap? Why don't you relax a little bit, right? Like, it's, it's enough already, you know. It's almost like you feel like he's, I feel like he's torturing himself. Like he's torturing, it's hard to even say it. Just to take it easy and to, you know. Sizana Hashem, please Hashem. I don't want now to start telling over Maisim about your greatness. And I know that <coughs> I know that, that Hashem, if I would tell the story of your greatness, it would never end. 
But that's not that's not what I want to do. Kimihu Haish Ashabulois Haish as Habari is Bahbari Hagvulas. Who can a human being who's constrained by the borders and the boundaries of human of physical existence, is it possible to tell the story of Hashem who himself created all borders and boundaries? God forbid, to to contain, to to diminish, to minimize. <coughs> Meaning, I think it means <laughs> that which goes beyond the capability of human being. Even to Hashem, it would seem like a wonder. I'm not going to to dare to add new descriptions. Of the of the wonders of your greatness, I'm not going to do that. Could I imagine? Would I fantasize? My God, my Father, my King, Could I compare myself? I'm sorry. Could I compare myself to your servants? That sadikim How dare I compare myself? Could I, I? Would I? Would I compare myself? That was the neviim and the sadikim describe their experiences and they their visions and so on. So the Rebbe says, who am I to compare myself? Could I compare myself to <coughs> to your servants, the tzaddikim, hagdolim, the great tzaddikim, Hashem igodl kirvosim, el zayharcha aposhet, vel kedushas orcha, malavis hoviv kiochas, simptom shal avdolo leiro, atzur liyais redimu. No, what the Rebbe is saying here, we, we have to, here we have to read the, the Hagor, we have to read the Rebbe's note on the bottom. That should be in the old edition as well, yeah? Okay. Well, the Rebbe speaks about, the Rebbe says that he's talking about the tzaddikim and, and the neviim, which is the main subject, which is a, 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 not the main, but is a, a very major topic in Hachshara's Avrechim. In his Sefer, which is, which, is in the, which is here, which you have in your hands, Hachshoros Avrechim and Mevoi HaSha'arim is one of the most remarkable discussions of what Nevoa was. What, what was Nevoa? What is the power of Nevoa? What does it mean? And, he, and the Rebbe saw the, the Tzaddikim the Tzaddikim as being, as continuing on, on a diminished level the work and the experience of the, of the Nevi'im, of the Prophets. So, the Rebbe says here that the tzaddikim and the neviim were so close to you, <coughs> and they were so connected to your light that sur- that fills all worlds and that surrounds all worlds, and therefore they had the capability of 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 describing images and experiences. That's what it means. <clears throat> that the Nevi'im and the Tzaddikim, anything that they saw in this physical world, whatever they looked at, they saw only you, Hashem. Everything in this world, in the eyes of the Tzaddik, in the eyes of a Navi, is a moshal for something else. For The nimshal is, is something that that they understood. Something from the higher world. Everything that Tzaddik, everything the Navi sees is only a moshal. It's only a parable. It's only 
it's only some some sort of a representation of something much greater. Everywhere that Tzadik and the Navi looked, they saw godliness, they saw Elokus. Look at the note on the bottom. Hagor, the final note. Well, in this edition, on the page, the final note. Kihu Yisbarach B'chines Atuhu Ad Shaloi Nivra V'atuhu Misha Nivra Ba'ein Chiluk V'hevdal There is no difference in Hashem's essence. Nothing has changed from before creation to now that there is a creation. V'rak Lonu Ahevdal Only to us we experience this as different. There's something different. There are changes. Loi She'ein Etzloi Oilam it, which does not mean that, that Hashem doesn't know of the world, God forbid. In other words, there were certain mm, religious philosophers who couldn't accept that, that God has any connection to this world or cares about the world because of his greatness. This is a source, this is a, historically this is one of the most powerful sources of, of heresy. Which, which, ironically, began with with very, very extreme, extreme faith. It began with a belief in Hashem's greatness that's so powerful, that's so strong, that it couldn't be that Hashem cares about this world. It couldn't be that Hashem senses the world, and that everything, all of existence, is simply dissolved into God's <coughs> infinite being, to the point that there is no separation between Him and the world. This is something that that when you look in certain swarm, it seems sometimes that that's what they're saying. That's only because you don't understand, especially when one learns Tanya in certain places, it would give, God forbid, the impression <coughs> that this is what he's saying, which caused the Misnagdim to be very, very upset. When Rabbi Chaim Velozhna says the same thing throughout Nefeshachayim, but the Misnagdim, the Misnagdim suspected the Balatanya, God forbid, of, of, certain, of certain heretical Chas v'sholem, certain heretical ideas um, about. So the Rebbe explains here that that this doesn't mean the fact that Hashem, the fact that Hashem is has is that He's not changed by creation. To Him, it's all the same. Does not mean does not mean that the world doesn't exist in Hashem's eyes. He says, let me explain with a little bit of a marshal, with a, an example. So the Rebbe says, Shahakotan, he says, he says, I'm sorry, Uchein Dugmi Echelum Lirais, Bamashal. You can see this with a marshal, for instance. Whenever you give a marshal. Right, so you start off a marshal, was a marshal. Once there was a prince who wasn't behaving and the king sent him away from the, the king, really loved the prince, right, almost every marshal. The king really loved the prince, but because of the problems, the king sent the prince away. And uh, the prince uh, felt, when he was in that terrible place, that he felt a tremendous longing for the king, and, and that uh, ultimately they met someplace in between. Okay, these are, it's emotional. So the king is Hashem, and the prince is the Jewish people, and so on and so forth, and, and uh, the place far away is Godless. Okay, whatever the marshal is, whatever, you, whatever it is. She says, now, when you tell a moshal to a child, it's one of the most powerful tools of teaching, right? One of the most powerful tools in teaching is to use mishalom. You know, we grew up, the Dubna Magid's mishalom, you know, it's like part of, part of, you know, the, 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 it should be part of the diet of every child growing up, and the adults also. A moshal is very powerful. He says, however, 
there's a difference between how a child, how a child understands the marshal, and how, and how an adult understands. So he says, Now, when you tell the marshal to a child, and you make it interesting and exciting, now, now you describe in great detail what the palace looked like, and there was this and the gold and the silver and 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 how the prince looked, and you know you make it very because that's how you teach, and you make it very interesting. It's like you know what happens to the kids. They get completely and totally absorbed and lost in what, in the marshal. They get and then and then when the Rebbe says the words that, that this is Hashem, this is, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> they couldn't care less about that. They they they're just they're still in the palace. They wow, this is beautiful, and you know and the prince and the chariot and they're doing all these. It's great. They're, they're totally lost in the marshal. Forget about the nimshal, which is what happened to us in this world. I mean, that's pretty much what happened because. Because this whole world is only a marshal, but we take it so seriously. We're no different than the children, except they're in much better shape than us because they eventually grow up. <clears throat> but as far as we're concerned, we don't take it seriously. We don't. We don't. We don't. We, we don't look at this world as a marshal without a nimshal. Everything that we see, every person that we meet, anything we experience is only a marshal for something. Is teaching us something. Is telling us something about Hashem. But we get completely lost in the marshal. We forget the bechlal that there's a nimshal. He says children do that. <coughs> the child just sees the maise. He's not interested in the... And from here we learn that, that, that at that point you lost the kid. That's why I always say, you know, whatever, so I was, all the years that I'm teaching, so let's say, <coughs> so the kids will say, Rabbi, you know, not to have the regular class, could we, could we, could we, could we schmooze, could we ask you something? So, you know, I always begin by saying, you want to talk, we'll talk. But I don't want to talk about, I'm not talking about Gilgulam, Atchias, Amesim, or Mashiach. You want to talk about Shabbos? Talk about Shabbos. Talk about Davening, about Kashus. You want to talk about whatever. But I'm not talking about, about Gilgulam, about, because this is just, not that it's not true. I believe in all these things to the, to the very essence of who I am. I believe in all those things in a very simple way. I believe in everything. But what they want, a maiselach. 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 The whole Yiddish guy should be maiselach. <clears throat> the nimshal they don't want because the nimshal, the nimshal obligates. The nimshal demands. The marshal, the, the marshal is just a movie. Everybody likes to go to the movies. Oh, it's exciting. See a movie. But the nimshal, nobody wants the, the nimshal. People like the mishalom. So he says that, he says, And then afterwards, when you explain to the child the nimshal, <coughs> what is the meaning? And what's the seichel? And what is the deeper meaning? The deeper seichel? Then if you're a good teacher, even though the kid gets stuck in the maise, but if you're a good teacher, you could bring the kid out from the marshal, right? Draw him out from the marshal. That's the whole point. Otherwise, why would we do it? You draw the kid out from the marshal, and you try to bring him to the nimshal, to the seichel. You try to bring him up in the seichel to understand. The gam oz raya hevdel shall shnei dvar. But even then, so now you got the kid. The kids are right. So now he understands. The king is Hashem, and the prince is Yisrael, is the Jewish people. And the, the palace is Yerushalayim, is the Beis HaMikdash. And uh, the bad, evil place... The bad, evil place is the five towns, right? <laughs> so you got him, you already got him to understand. You got him to understand the Moshe and the Nimshel. So he got, he got it. 
but still, how does he think of it as two things? He still sees before him a marshal and a nimshal. And that's very hard to get out of your head. There's the marshal and there's the nimshal. And if he goes over in his head, he has to think again about all the details. Oh, so in the story, this is like this. And this means that. If you ever, if you ever had the schus to read one of Rabbi Nachman Braslov's stories, his stories are the most unbelievable things in, in, in the world. Where every single detail, like, he, like in the story, Rabbi Nachman will say, and this thing like tilted uh, this way. And when it tilted this way, so the sun reflected off of that. Every single thing is all Kabbalah, Kabbalah, Sisrei Torah, Mamish, secrets of Torah. That there are Pirushim and Pirushim that are written on every story, what he said. And it's hard to imagine. The man stood there and he said these stories, the stories, the story of the 13 beggars, Bechlal. Half the dicker things that, that is possible. And the details. So I've learned those stories many, many times over the years. And I've learned the Pirushim many times over the years. <coughs> and but still, it's impossible in my mind to separate. I always have to go back to the story and to and to be in the moshal, to get back to the nimshal. So the Rebbe says, ha-nimshal In order to understand it more, he has to constantly see before him the moshal and the nimshal. But that's not the case with the chacham. With the chacham. He said the chacham is able... Even though, you, even though the Chacham also heard the Moshal, but once the Chacham connects deeply to the Nimshal, he drops, it's like he lets go of the Moshal. It's like, you know, the rocket just lets go of the, it doesn't need that anymore, that, that ignited it. Right? I don't, I don't know any of the terms, but you know, it, with the rocket, it, 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 and then it lets go of that. Once it, once it really gets to the, once it really gets beyond this world, so it drops off that, it doesn't need it anymore. So it's true that even the Chacham, even the Chacham needs the Moshal to get started. And the Moshal, like he's jettisoned outside of this world. But then the Chacham drops the, drops the Moshal. He doesn't need the Moshal anymore. And he becomes completely, completely bound up in the world of the Nimshal. So he no longer, he no longer sees two separate things. He doesn't see two separate things. Even though he also thought of the Moshal, and he knows it, by him, the Moshal is only the language of the Seichel. It becomes completely connected to his Seichel. <coughs> so the Rebbe says, this is just a Moshal for us to understand. The difference between how the prophets, how the Nevi'im saw this world, and how you and I experience this world. What? When the Nevi'im looked at the rivers, the lakes, the trees, the birds, the rocks, when they looked at that, they saw the Nimshal completely. To them, there was no difference between looking looking at that mountain and looking at the Kisiyah Kavad. There's no difference to them because all it is in, by them they see the Moshal and the Nimshal completely as one. They're not separate by the Tzaddik and by the Nevi'im. It's, it's one. One second. Kevin Shvailam Hazel Eiro Hevdol Ben Eilam Hazel Yoinim Rakakol Levush Malchus Achaz The entire world, all that's in it, to them, was one royal garment. That's it. Vav Shagam Beinayim Ha'ilam Ha'ilam Now, coming back to the original thing, but still, does that mean that 
That doesn't mean that the, that the Nevi'im didn't see a world. That doesn't mean that the Nevi'im didn't say that to get to Yerushalayim, you, you have to go on this road, you have to go on that road. And it, means, it doesn't mean that the, that, the Navi, that the Navi didn't have breakfast, lunch, and supper. It doesn't mean that the Navi wasn't aware of the world. Certainly the Navi was aware of the world, but his awareness of the world was completely bound with the Nimshal. So too, Kivyochel, just a Moshal. We shouldn't get stuck in the Moshal. Just a Moshal. The fact that Hashem, the fact that, that Hashem never has, nothing has changed and creation itself doesn't affect him, that doesn't mean that Hashem is not aware of the world. It doesn't mean that Hashem Kivyochel doesn't sense the world. But it means that in Hashem's eyes, of course, even the Nevi'im, but in Hashem's eyes, how much more so, there's no separation between this world and, and, and the world of truth. There's no separation. It's just, it's all a levush, it's all a garment. What is it? Sorry? Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that was the, right. Once the tzaddik is, the tzaddik is able, at that point, the tzaddik was no longer able to see the to see the marshal. The tzaddikim before they die, they can't see the marshal anymore. They don't see any more. They just see the nimshals. That's why the, that's why we spoke about that. The Baltani only saw the letters of the olive base before he died. He couldn't see the marshal anymore. Just so he was he saw the nimshal. But you have to understand, even the letters of the olive base, still a marshal. The letters of the olive base are still tziurim. They're still they're still images and forms. The last second, of course. That's something that 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 wasn't possible for us to hear. What what the tzaddik is able to what the tzaddik is able to sense the last second as he crosses from this world to the next world. But even ISIS, even the letters, have have physical bodies, are are, are symbols, expressions of something else. <clears throat> but this is this is the, the, so, so the Rebbe. Let's just let's just say, uh, come back to the actual text. So what the Rebbe is saying here is that. He says, my father, my king, what am I? I'm, I'm not a Navi. I'm not a Tzaddik. He says, when the Nevi'im and the Tzaddikim looked at this world, all they saw was, all they saw was, was Yuhasha. All they saw was the Nimshal. Everything they saw in this world, in the physical world, they saw Hashem, only you. That's all they were able to see. And I'm not, and I'm not claiming to be such a person, nor can I, nor, nor uh, is it true that I experienced this. But the Rebbe is saying how this is something which hurts him. <coughs> so therefore he says, He's speaking about the Tzaddikim and the Nevi'im. And in the greatness of their holiness, meaning of the Tzaddikim and the Nevi'im, what were simple rocks for simple people. As you and I would see something as a simple rock, but in their eyes they were precious stones. In other words, the same way, if you're not a maven, if you're not a maven, so somebody could give you a, a diamond that's worth a fortune, and, and uh, you don't know anything, you, you don't know anything about diamonds, about this, now you say, oh, that's very, very nice. You know, you, it doesn't mean anything. To you, it's the same thing as a peanut. She so says that the tzaddikim and the neviim, they would look at stones and they saw precious gems, right? They looked at stones of this world and they saw, and they saw precious gems. Yeah, Hashem, open our eyes to see. Right, right, right. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean. 
Well, we should, that's why pekeach, pekeach means to understand. Just, just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean just, right, 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 right. It means, it means to understand. We should see. When, when Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nachman came back from Israel, so he couldn't stop talking about the beauty of Israel. Tveria, Tveria. He, he, he didn't get past Tveria. No. So, so when he went, when he when he came back, he couldn't stop talking about about what he saw. But that's so. Sabnosan, asked him, Rabbi, what what aspect of Eretz are you talking about? In other words, in Plemius, so Rabbi said, I'm talking about the stones and the trees. And the, uh, I'm talking about the roads. That's what he said. Right? So you see, people like us, we come back, and because she would say, well, was, the, the Kaisal was, you know, something I experienced, or I was by Kevin But when the Tzaddik, the Tzaddik in Israel, so the Tzaddik is able to see the stones, the trees, it's different, which we don't see. Which we Bechlal don't see. Okay, I think we're going to have to, right, we're going to have to, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll start again by this paragraph. Remind me next week of Begadlus Kedushasam Zayis. That's what we'll start in Mitzvah next week. Shkayach.